Hey listeners, this is your host Brian Almeida. I just wanted to hop on here before this episode gets started to let you know that there won't be any new episodes for the next couple of weeks, as I'll be taking a break for the holiday season. In the new year, I'll be releasing another solo episode to give you guys some updates on my life and to share some news that I've been waiting to tell you guys. Aside from that, I just wanted to give you guys a huge thank you and show my appreciation for listening to everything so far, and I really hope that you're enjoying the message that I'm trying to spread here and that it's making an impact on your life. All right, guys, hope you have a great holiday season, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Caroline Gosen said, I have a million career weaknesses, and although it's uncomfortable, I believe that authentically acknowledging and working through your vulnerability is more powerful than the delusion of perfection. This is episode 14 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Gorit Reese. She would face her fair share of difficulties growing up, and it caught up with her in high school. Academically, she'd always been a really great student, but about halfway through high school, it started to slip. Her grades were dropping, she wasn't as engaged, and worst of all, she hadn't really noticed or didn't care. Thanks to some teachers, she was asked to join a one-year alternative program for at-risk students that was being launched at her school for the first time. Even though at the time it seemed like the worst thing to be asked, considering she was usually a good student, it ended up being a turning point in her life and teaching her some lessons that she'd carry into adulthood. At a young age, she moved out on her own and would continue to pursue education, ending up with a total of three degrees. This helped her land a career as a teacher And for years, things were going okay. A decent paying job with benefits and an opportunity to put all her education to work. But it wasn't long before she began to feel lost, burnt out, and wondering if there was something more she was meant to do. Considering how she liked to help others in the alternative program, and even earlier in her life, her next career moves seemed meant to be. Now she's a certified life coach, career coach, and speaker, working with professionals who are looking to advance their careers or find direction. Ultimately, her clients desire more fulfillment and financial security like she once did. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Gorit Reese. Hey, Gorit, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, we met a couple of years ago at a conference and you helped me out a lot that day um, just with some quick tips and stuff that you gave me on, on what was going on in my life. And I really appreciate that. And like I said, I really appreciate you coming on to share your story. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So the first question I like to ask every guest is, what is your definition of vulnerability? I thought about this, but it actually came quick to me. So um, I defined vulnerability to be um, where you can truly open up and uh, truly be seen by somebody. Or so what? Well, actually, by another or others. So not just one person, it could be others. Depends on the situation, but depends on the context. It's where you share the less exposed side of yourself, which typically uh, takes a lot of courage. 
Yeah, no, awesome. And you know, the one thing that I find, and I say this almost every single interview, and and I think it's just a good point to bring up is that it seems like nobody has the same definition, which is the best part about this. Like, and that's the whole thing I'm trying to achieve with the podcast is getting different opinions, different perspectives, so that each person that listens, they might not relate with the first episode or the third episode, but maybe your episode is the one that hits home with them. So, but right. uh, but I definitely agree. It's definitely I feel like for me just opening up to my wife and to those closest around me in the last couple of years and being a little more vulnerable has, has been a great experience for me. So I can, I definitely agree with, with your definition. Yeah, actually speaking of courage, I was first introduced, introduced to the connection between vulnerability and courage with uh, Brené Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfections. Have yes. you read that? No, I've, but I've been watching a lot of her videos. <laughs> and I did watch her Netflix special, um, but I haven't read any of her books. Oh, okay. Well, it's similar, similar message and stuff like that to um, the Netflix uh, documentary, The Cult of Courage, uh, yeah. or talk at least. And uh, yeah, I, may, I mean, if you think about it, I guess the connection between vulnerability and courage is not that, you know, um, surprising, however, she really goes in depth and she uses examples from her own life and to illustrate she goes vulnerable, right? Yeah, no, definitely. So even the, I remember even in the, the series, it was sort of the same thing where she talks about her personal life, her marriage, her kids, right. all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and even one of my past guests a few episodes ago, um, I think it was Anna McAfee, was mm-hmm. talking more about family and, and the vulnerabilities of being a parent and stuff like that. And it was an interesting perspective because I don't have that. I mean, I don't have children yet, so I don't have that perspective. And some of the other guests that I had on don't either. So, it, it, you know, again, that's the interesting part of this is seeing mm-hmm. the different perspectives and different right. ways that people the look. The diversity of, yeah. Exactly. People's take exactly. on. Yeah. Excellent. So what would you say is your earliest memory of facing vulnerability or going through some sort of struggle in your life? Oh, I'm not sure about earliest per se, but uh, I think that if I'm going to go back uh, a bit, I would say high school days for sure. I, um, <clears throat> I, I, it was a very challenging time for me. And um, I, yeah, so just difficulties at home. And there was actually a couple of years of high school that I didn't live at home. And uh, I, I just, it, it was just... <laughs> Not a, not necessarily a good time, and I uh, I signed up for advanced courses, and advanced courses I guess now would be academic courses, and uh, I <laughs> I thought I uh, no okay I knew I wasn't doing that well, but I thought I was keeping it together, <laughs> and then I think it was grade ten or eleven, and I was asked to be part of this program, this alternative program. And I think, yeah, I don't, I don't remember which year, 10 or 11. And I believe it was 10. And it was called RAP. It was Retention Reintegration Assistance Program. And it was for at-risk students. Huh. And uh, I was like, well, I'm taking advanced courses. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but then I re- realized, like, yeah, I'm not really doing the work. I wasn't, I, I was checked out, essentially. So they saw that people took notice. Uh, well, teachers and guidance counselors took notice. And so... I ended up, you know, bearing my ego and accepting the program and, and, and going in. It was, it was lovely. It was awesome. I had a great time. It was, it had academics, but it focused on outdoor activities and leadership and leadership building. And it was amazing. And vocational skills and stuff like that. I did a co-op during that year. Uh, it was amazing. I had a great time. And, uh, but that was a vulnerable time for me to be, well, me at risk. <laughs> 
I was, right? Like that, that was the reality of it. It was, I was, I just didn't admit it to myself. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, just, again, high school wasn't the greatest time. Uh, I was really bullied too. I mean, I was bullied in elementary, but it was, it was bullied. It continued in high school. I was a bit of a loner. I mean, I had friends here and there, or, you know, pockets of groups I would hang out with, yeah, but yeah. I really kept to myself. And that's, that's the point of uh, what I actually wanted to connect with the whole, well, it is a vulnerable story that I'm sharing. However, I, I just feel that, you know, it actually vulnerability uh, to me um, was something was a, of a journey. It was something that as I aged and, and grew and healed, right, that I became more vulnerable because as I was younger, right, being that loner and shutting people off and, and, and guarding myself and having people at me. So, yeah, I wasn't very vulnerable growing up, and I, I, but that was a vulnerable time for me. No, and, and I can relate 100%. I mean, if you listen back to my episode, which was the first one, or which will be the first one, I should say, because this okay. hasn't been released yet at this I'm point. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> by the time they get to this episode, they're going to be like, what? what? I've already listened to it. But anyway, um, the point being is that when I did my episode or told my story, I had a very similar situation throughout high school. I wasn't you know, uh, like you're saying, I wasn't a loner by any means, but I didn't really have like the, that set group of friends. You know, each year of high school, I found that I was changing my style, the music that I listened to, basically who I was to fit in with a certain group of people. So I wasn't really myself. So in, in a lot of ways, you know, I was pretty alone because I, I never wanted to be just Brian. I was always trying to be, you know, this type of person or, or like I said, dress in this type of way so that a certain group of people would accept me. I could be with the, in the clique or whatever you want to call it. So I, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Hmm, interesting. Well, it's interesting listening to you because it sounded like yours, you were motivated by belonging, correct? In, in some ways, I guess you could say so. Yeah. Cause like yeah. I said, I mean, I, whether it was the yeah. type of music that I was listening to or the way I was yeah. dressing, it was something to make me feel like I fit yeah. in with that group of right. people. Yeah, I, I guess from my experiences, I, I, I didn't care. Not that I didn't care, it was more like, I think that in my experience, it was more of a, I look the way I look and I am the way I am. And uh, it was keep, more to keep people at bay. Hmm, okay. So it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a little bit of, but, but I mean, there are parallels for sure to the story, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and I, I didn't get to that until I re, uh, reached college. And college is when I finally decided, okay, I just got to be me and people are going to accept it or they're not. But I definitely would have probably been, I would have been able to discover a little more about myself had I done that a little sooner. So I can appreciate the fact that you sort of decided to do that, you know, in high school. Because I think that's a point. I feel like if I talk to anybody, whether it's like my wife, friends, family, whoever it is, I feel like high school is that, that weird spot for almost everybody because you're trying to figure out a lot right. of stuff. And then you just sort of get thrown into life. <laughs> it's right. like, whoa. You're finding yourself. You're individuating from your family. So it's, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Hormones. Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> there's, there's so much going on. No, <laughs> so yeah, it was d definitely a difficult time. Um, but it was exacerbated from also the challenging past I had or the childhood. Uh, but yeah, so but uh, yeah, so I went into this program and it was lovely. And I 
ended up uh, going back into academics. So I think maybe grade 11 and 12 then, if I can remember correctly. And then I did OECs back then, that was grade 13. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I got accepted to three universities and went to one. And uh, then I ended up going to three universities. <laughs> yeah, I went to Waterloo, St. Francis Xavier and U of T. But I ended up transferring pretty much most of my credits, not all, because they wouldn't accept all. But then I ended up getting three degrees at the University of Toronto. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with a really high grade point average. So, so it actually worked. So whatever that turnaround, whatever that time. It, it, so I could have I had the narrative that I'm not a good student, that I'll always be at risk. Uh, and I didn't, I, I didn't buy into that. So. so, I mean, aside from this program that you were put into, that seems to have helped you overcome that situation that you were going through of falling behind in school and, and not really achieving what you thought you were, what else would you say helped you overcome that whole situation? Well, I think the program, cause, and it's interesting because when I reflect on my high school experiences, I really don't think about that program. And it's funny that I'm bringing it up and highlighting it during this podcast. Um, but actually, it did help me. I would say the two other things that actually helped me during high school and all that was uh, my, my favorite teacher, my art teacher during the time, Mr. Moda. He was a great mentor. He was the only person I felt really cared Hmm. But that really uplifted me and, and, and allowed me to believe in myself a little bit, right? And the other one was becoming good friends with somebody back, I think it was in grade 11. Yeah, grade 11 or grade 12. So, and then inviting, she invited me into her circle, but it was not so much her circle, it was her, right? It was more, yeah. um, speaking of vulnerability, didn't really trust her in the beginning. I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, who is she? What is this? But then she'd be, well, she's still like a good friend of mine. Um, she's my, yeah, good friend. I would say sister because her family's like my second family. And I think that also having that experience or experiences also helped me. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And it, it's sorry, it's, it's, I'm kind of relating it back to a past episode where one of my guests talked about a difficult situation that they were going through in terms of uh, their family. And they re they said that what helped them was sort of similar to you in terms of like, it was friends having people to sort of talk to and, and, and people that were there for them, their support, even like you said, with that teacher. I mean, I, I know for myself, even in the last couple of years, the only way that I've been able to sort of push through the difficulties that I've faced and get to where I'm at right now is because of the support of others, my wife being the main one. And then some of the friends that I've met even just recently, like one of my closest friends is somebody that I only met like two years ago, but he's been there over this last couple of years where things have been at their highest highs and their lowest lows and willing to pick up the phone and have that conversation. So I can definitely see how that would be helpful. That's so, amazing if you have that in your life. Yeah, I know. 110%. Definitely. No, seriously, because we can have friends, but are they there for you? your lowest and your highest right yeah. the good the bad and the ugly as i like exactly. to put it. <laughs> all of it so that's yeah. that's amazing yeah so i would say that helped me um accepting help helped me right saying okay fine i'll go into this program i could have resisted i could have just kept going on the path but uh to choose that to put out my ego side I, I think a few things happened there yeah so what new strength would you say you discovered in yourself through going through that program um, what, what is it that you found out new, uh, like about yourself that you maybe didn't know you had? Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because I ended up helping a lot of people with their academics in the program. <laughs> so, and it's funny cause it brings me back to a grade three report card where it was like, I'm helping everybody. Right. So I guess that 
foreshadows my teaching you know career and stuff like that so i think that foreshadows that but uh, i guess i have this real propensity to help others um and that's always been there like grade three right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been there um but also it, not so much about i learned about myself but well it was just something i learned was that i'm not alone that other other students are struggling other you know have their stuff going on and i wasn't alone so that really helps as well I, I can definitely see that as well. And again, I, you know, I keep relating back to my situation, but it's true that when we relate to others, that feeling of loneliness tends to calm down a bit because we often feel like, you know, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one whose life sucks right now or whatever way you want to look at it. And then you put it out there and you're like, oh, no, wait, there's the hundred other people who feel the exact same way. And I experienced that a lot over the last couple of years and sharing my story and putting myself out there and, and you know, it seems like a lot of what you experienced was earlier on in life, which I almost wish for myself. But again, we can't go back and we can't harp on the past or think too much about the future. But it's just <laughs> you are you know, where you are. You are right. Exactly. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the next question that I ask, and this is one that I find it's it's hard to place because everybody's sort of definition, again, of vulnerability is different. And everybody's way of looking at it is, you know, some people look at vulnerability and struggle as these little things. Some are the big things. Everybody's different. But would you say that in your life up until this point that you faced a lot of vulnerability, a little vulnerability, a moderate amount? Like, how would you how would you define it? <laughs> How would I quantify? <laughs> yeah, exa- well, and that's the thing. The first time I asked the question, it was like, how many times? And they're like, well, I don't know, like 10. Like, so that's why I say like, you know, do you feel like you faced a lot, a little, like, how would you sort of define it? Uh, I would say moderate, not really a lot. And I'll tell you why, just because I think that, as I was saying, when I was growing up, I was very guarded. I didn't really trust many people. I, I was, as I said, I came from a difficult past. And so <clears throat> it was hard to trust. And, um, so I would say, yeah, moderately, because as I grew, I, and I'm still learning to this day to, to become more vulnerable, hence me accepting and wanting to do the podcast with you, just because it's something that I, after reading uh, that pivotal book, uh, The Gifts of Imperfections, uh, by Brené Brown back then, I was like, oh my God, right, <laughs> right, to be more vulnerable. And I, because again, it was a defense coping mechanism not to. Um, and so I'm still learning. It's still a journey. So I'd say moderate, but I'm, I, I, I'd like it to be more. Yeah, no. And that's, and again, and see, so this is where I'm, where, where I say it's hard because sort of the way that you're looking at vulnerability in the sense of like, you know, putting yourself out there more, it's harder to find. Whereas other people that I've had on their vulnerability is more focused on, let's say like a health issue that they grew up with or something like that. And so when I ask them, they say it's a lot, but it's because of that perspective, right? So this is, and this is again, why I'm trying to get at this because I want every person that listens, like I said, to be able to go, you know, well, so for me, like, for example, with some of these friends, when I hear their stories, I'm like, I've gone through nothing. Right. And and with that perspective. Right. So again, it's each person's different and, and I, there's nothing wrong with the way that you're saying it and the way that you're looking at it. I just like to get that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to get that idea from people. Again, okay. So if we're going to equate vulnerability with struggle, yeah. Uh, I would say it was, it was off the charts. Okay. <laughs> See, well, here you go. <laughs> I don't know how to quantify. Um, so again, cause I, I left home um, fairly early and, and anyways, the, there's this stuff, but uh, it was, it was off the charts. So I would say that 
uh, yeah, if we were going to make that connection, um, yeah. But in terms of opening up and um, showing uh, people who I really am and truly be, being seen, I think that's still a lifelong journey. Yeah, no. And, and again, it, like, like I said, it's, it's defined differently by everybody. And the whole point is just to get the, that perspective. Because again, when people are listening, I want them to be able to relate, just like we talked about. Th- that relatability is where I think people are going to be helped. And the whole point of this podcast isn't so much to focus on the struggles. It's to focus on how you made it out or what, what it taught you. Because again, the whole, the name vulnerable is the, the yeah. point is the ability to use it to, to get through things. Right. And that's what I've found, like I said, over the last couple of years that doing the, the more vulnerable things is what's opened me up more and has given me the strength to move forward and try new things and put myself out there and get uncomfortable, whatever way you want to look at it. Yes. So, yes. At this point, you know, is there, it, it, you know, you've alluded on a couple of stories. Is there any other stories that you could share with us that would allow us to sort of get an idea of some other vulnerabilities, some other struggles that you faced uh, in your journey so far? Okay, if we're going to talk about struggle <laughs> and uh, we're going to make that connection, then yeah, I would say that, you know, I, well, a big part of my story in terms of my coaching is me being a teacher at one point. And uh, just being highly dissatisfied, not so much with the students, because I had a pretty good dynamic and rapport with the students, not so much that, that is the administration, um, it was other things, colleagues. <laughs> and I also felt there was something missing. So that aside, even administration colleagues and culture of the school or schools, uh, that aside, I, I also have to own up and say it was also something missing. So I can't just say it was a external. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an internal thing as well. There was something missing uh, always for me. Um, although, yeah, I've been tutoring and teaching since I can remember. I, <laughs> I don't, like I said, from grade three at one point. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I, I would say I, I, yeah, it got to the point it became unbearable. It became unbearable. I was seeing sleep doctors, naturopath, wow. GPs, because my health took a real hit like a real hit. And uh, I, I just could not sustain it. I, I just I didn't know how to continue. I was taking power naps during my breaks or uh, during lunch. Um, when I say power naps, 15 minutes, because you still have to prep and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do all the other things. Um, but it, yeah, it just became unbearable. So I decided that that was it. It was just time to change. And I, one of my favorite quotes is by uh, Anais Nin, and this is on my website and stuff. But it's essentially, and the day came, that the risk it took to blossom. No, the the paint or something. Something about like uh, the yeah the risk it took to blossom uh, was less painful than the risk it took to stay tight in a bud, essentially. Or I, I'm I'm really yeah. It now. yeah no, but I get what you're. You know what's hilarious is I know that off by heart. <laughs> I know that quote, but right now it's not coming to me. Uh, speaking of vulnerability right here, I do know that quote, but essentially it's, it's, it's that pain that remaining tight in a bud, staying the same, staying small, right? Staying where you're at or whatever, staying stagnant was more painful than actually taking the risk to, to go out there and, and do that. And, and that's, it literally was to me, that point was more painful. So I was like, I'm going into the unknown. I'm taking this risk to become, you know, a life and career coach. And that was that. <laughs> 
No, and it sounds to me like in some ways it was almost like burnout, which I feel like, and I mean, I, it's not that I know a ton of teachers, but I know a few and I've never really heard anybody talk about that career in that way. Like most teachers that I know, they're raving about the fact that, you know, they get a couple months off during the summer and, you know, and the job's pretty good and the benefits and the this and that. And I mean, I find that with almost any job to be completely honest is everybody raves about the, how good the benefits are and stuff like that. But you know, to me, the 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 only ben- the only reason that benefits are any good is if it's benefiting your life in general. If mm-hmm. what you're doing isn't benefiting your life in general, then I don't know what type of benefits, what type of pay, what type of anything can really make up for that. And and that's again my opinion. But it just it it's really interesting to me to sort of when you were saying about you know taking power naps. I've never really heard anybody say that or have that sort of feeling from teaching at least. Yeah. I, I literally was trying to conserve and preserve and, and have energy for, for teaching. And, and, and you know, that was towards the end. That was like the last few years. I, I also want to qualify. However, I mean, I, well, at one point I, I was a student teacher and I had 93 kids. But when I say kids, students um, in English classes, right? And uh, three of them, I think all of them were university prep. And it was the marking was insane because you want to prep them for university. So you yeah. want to give them the assignments, right? But it was insane. The marking almost, almost put me out. Literally, you're just marking for like, I don't know, a month and a half or something that Jeez. you did. Before. <laughs> like, it was insane. Like, I don't know, a few weeks or something. And uh, yeah. And, and in terms of middle school, because I taught, I had that experience as well. Um, so I'd say less marking in a way, like, well but a lot of prep so it was yeah. a, a different it was a different I don't know so <laughs> it was a different stressor I guess yeah and it was just the quality going back to if you want to call it work-life balance or work-life integration wasn't really there for me huh. again like this is just it's interesting for me because like I said I, I I don't know a ton of teachers but I know a few and I've never really I've heard like the same sort of thing about you know it's a lot of marking and when people think that they've got like two months off during the summer there's things that they have to do and so on and so forth but this is just a completely new sort of perspective for me on the on the career and and I think it's in a good I, I like this because if there's somebody out there that's thinking about becoming a teacher and they haven't heard anything like this that it might and not not to deter them but at yeah. least give them a realistic expectation because <laughs> you know again I think a lot of people look at it as like you know good pension good this good yeah. that and and I think a lot of us sometimes choose careers based on things like that like what has the best pension what has the best benefits what has you know the best pay range or whatever and it's I don't I, in the last couple of years I've had to question a lot of those things myself because for years I did sales and that's all I did and that's all I thought I was ever going to do. And I was, you know, trying to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and, and be a sales manager. And it was all about positions and money and this. And wow. in the last couple of years, I realized how little any of that matters when, like I said, if the quality of your life isn't good, yeah. it doesn't matter the quality of everything else because it's so true. It's you're going to, you're going to burn out or whatever it is faster. So, well, if you're dissatisfied in your career, then that's a good chunk of your life. Right? No, for sure. <laughs> it usually spills over into other areas. Hence me being a career and life coach because it does but when it's, it's, yeah, very, very integrated. Um, in, in terms of what you said, yeah, I, I don't want to, like, I'm sure your friends are speaking the truth and I'm sure they are having a great experience. And so to each their own, right? Yeah. I'm sure they're having a great, and for the most part, I would have to say um, that you can get into a groove, like if you are teaching the same thing, 
right? If you're teaching the same thing the first year is going to be like, oh my God, right? Like, so, and then afterwards you're like, oh, I've got this, like, or I have the, I already have the outlines for this. I can just, you know, modify it or adapt it. And so, yeah, it can get easier, I guess. Um, but, but then again, a lot of people are getting switched up right now in terms of what they're teaching and their surplus, or they're getting bumped into other because there's not enough teaching jobs <laughs> uh, currently in Ontario. So, so people are getting surplus or it takes a long time to even get, you know? So yeah. A teaching oh, yeah. I've seen that for sure. I've seen a few friends where they've had to like travel to the U S or whatever to go to teacher's college because it's harder to get in here. And then even after they've finished it, they've spent years doing like supply teaching and stuff like that because they can't get that permanent placement or they're moving around, they're jumping around. And again, like I said, it's, everybody's way of looking at it and everybody's you know journey towards it is going to be different but it's just like i said it's it's just interesting to hear it this way one thing i, I want to sort of touch on and i'm just thinking about it because of a past interview and with this talk that one of my, me and my past guests had about education um you know you said you went to school and you got three degrees i mean i have zero degrees i have a college diploma and i know people that have degrees and i know the intense amount of work that goes behind that and would you say that you know, doing all that work, would, would you say there was struggle with that? I mean, like just in terms of the amount of work, A, and then also where I wanted to sort of touch on if you're okay with it is, do you find that that's helped you a lot where you're at now? Or do you find that it only, it helped you more when you were in sort of that career area of like being a teacher? Okay. So definitely a lot of work. And I would say <clears throat> I also had to contend with uh, inner demons as well, whether I should be there, whether I was enough, whether I was smart enough. Um, so there was definitely episodes during, I would say, all three degrees, like uh, all, uh, sorry, all three different universities <coughs> and degrees. Well, no, no, my last two were fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, my last two were pretty good just because I now had the confidence. I already built it, like, I already knew I could do it. But during my undergrad, holy moly. <laughs> Uh, I would definitely say I, I definitely struggled. I did, I did well, um, for the most part, I did well. I would say that I got on the Dean's list at Waterloo, even though I didn't, <laughs> anyways, I won't go into that, but I, I didn't give it my all and I ended yeah. up on this, which was great. <laughs> um, and then what really, I guess you've teased, same effects. I also, uh, yes, I was on the Dean list, I believe as well. Um, and uh, UFT, I just know that when I transferred my credits and stuff like that, uh, it just, it was a whole other level. <laughs> just not to say, by the way, I'm not saying that St. FX is not great in Waterloo. They have great programs and great everything. I just, this is my experience. And I just want to speak about my experience yeah. and programs I took. I do not want to minimize those universities at all. Um, but I did, anyways, I just, yeah, it, it, I guess I, the first year I was at university of Toronto, <clears throat> I was, a, I didn't do as well, but then I, I picked it up really, really, uh, quickly after. And, uh, but I definitely struggled. Oh my goodness. Oh my. And it was, like I said, the inner demons, the, yeah, sometimes I had to take breaks. I didn't, I didn't do my undergrad back to back. I did not do it. I, uh, I, I took some t years. I, I, I traveled, I worked, I and people are like, you're never going to go back. I'm like, oh, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going to show you. I'm going back. I, like, I just, it's, you know, to me, and I'm a big proponent of the destination, but I also am a big proponent of the journey. So at the time I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my journey and I'll get to the destination when I get to it. And, and I, of course I did, because obviously I did two degrees after. Um, but definitely there were some, 
sometimes some breakdowns and stuff like that. It was just definitely uh, not a, I think again, a lot of it was me contending with whether I could do it or not and whether I could actually achieve it or not. So I think that was that. And so your second question in terms of how it's helped me, my current. Well, yeah, just, I, I, I don't know. Like I've, I've, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people around me at least that, you know, whether it's friends or acquaintances or whatever, who, who did education like you did, you know, they did a, a fair amount of education. They got their degree or degrees and not everybody feels like it's helped them fully to where they're at now. Like, and again, I'm not trying to get you to expose anything or whatever, but it just, I just, I'm curious because you're the first person I've had on that I can think of who's, you know, who's said something like that, like where they have multiple degrees and, uh, you know, a couple other people that I've had on have talked more about how they don't have as much education. So it's just interesting for me to sort of get an idea of, you know, I obviously I'm sure it helped you, you know, getting into the teacher's profession and everything. And maybe it's still helped you now. I'm just curious. This is just my yeah. own curiosity, I would say. Well, there's different thoughts going yeah. on as you ask. Uh, I mean, I don't regret going through that journey and I don't regret doing the three degrees because, of course, it, it led me to exactly where I am. Uh, did, it, did it help com tremendously and completely with my current position? No. <laughs> Maybe with teaching, of course, yes. Yeah. We're going to look at the teaching aspect 100%, yeah. right? So we're looking at that. But right now, no. Uh, I guess the only thing it really benefited was developing my writing skills. Okay. Right? I definitely have to give it. And of course, that I feel like I would have been a critical reader otherwise, but it definitely, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think close reading, critical reading also. So I, I don't want to, of course, I developed, of course, I developed skills during uh, university. Is it the end all be all though? Um, no. <laughs> well, that, I think that's what I'm trying to get at because yeah. again, like I, I, and again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or whatever, but it's yeah. just, it's, it's a curiosity of mine because like I said, I've talked with a few other guests and they've talked about, you know, either going through university and not feeling like it, it helped them or where they walked away from it or they didn't go at yeah. all. And so I yeah. just, I, like I said, you're the first person I've had on that I can think of. I'm only 13 yeah. or so interviews in, but you're the yeah. first person that I've had on who, who's gone through that much education. So I just wanted to get a, a perspective yeah. on it again, because I think this is interesting. You know, one of my other guests, you know, yeah. he, he went through university, he finished it and he didn't feel like he really gained a lot or knew any more about what he wanted to do. And it's it took him yeah. jumping through three or four different professions before he finally decided on where he's at now. And I'm sure what he did in university is helping him now, but it took mm -hmm. him that sort of career exploration to actually yeah. find out where he, where he Absolutely. wanted to go. So again, it's, just to get an idea, like I said. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like, okay, I think there are many, many educated people, like very, very educated people who didn't go to, you know, university. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really, I don't have that elitist, oh, well, you're not, if you're not educated, if you didn't go to a formal, you know, school or, or post-secondary school. So I'm not into that. I think there are a lot of brilliant um, people who are self-taught even, <laughs> uh, whether they or, or have college degrees or, or less, right? So I, I don't think, no, I, okay. So this is tough because there are so many things to unpack here because yeah. there's, there's a lot of societal expectations uh, surrounding education, I feel, um, to do a certain route, to do a traditional route. Um, but for, I wouldn't say a, a lot of entrepreneurs because I know a lot of entrepreneurs also got an education, but I would say for some entrepreneurs, I mean, it's not really relevant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not really relevant. Um, and it didn't really help with their entrepreneurship. I mean, 
they just went on their own or they dropped out of school or so yeah i would say to that point i i did a 10-month training course to become a life coach a certified life coach and then i evolved to also career coach because that was mainly what people are coming to me with right um so yeah no i say that that course that i did 10 months i mean got me a career and what I love and, and, and getting the income that I don't think would be close to, to what I got with my three degrees. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. And again, it's, and this is what I like too, because somebody out there could be thinking about, you know, going to university or becoming a coach or whatever. And even that point you just made of like, you know, maybe take that 10 month course to become a coach and then decide because that 10 months will be a lot less than three or four years in three or four years in university just to find out that, you know, that degree or whatever, isn't really what you wanted in the long run. Right. So, and again, I've just got into this point because I've had a lot of conversations around this. I've got, you know, again, family who they're in that 18, 19 year old, 20 year old range. And, you know, they've either gone to school or didn't go to school or went to school for a year and then decided on a different direction. And so it's just something that's come up. So I just wanted to get your perspective on it. So yeah, again, there's more to say, but I, essentially, sure. I think I, I covered the points is that I think that we are so as a society, well, one way we just go to, you know, higher hmm. education and that's it. And there are other ways. Absolutely. Yeah. There are other ways, but I say, ultimately you do you, if that yeah. You'll post secondary, you want to go that route, you feel that is going to get you close to your goals or your dreams, and do that. If you don't feel that, then don't. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> no, say, I agree. Say, you know, you do you. I agree. So how would you say all these different things that you've been through from, you know, high school days through, you know, moving out at a younger age to everything that we've talked about, you know, becoming a teacher, then deciding that that wasn't fulfilling for you and moving to something else, all these different things that you would get to, how would you say that those things helped you get to where you are right now as a career and life coach? Well, so I, actually that's one of the points when you, I, I, I believe you're going to ask me of, you know, three pieces of advice or three yeah, things. And definitely. That's something I was going to get into. <clears throat> However, I'll just say now that because of my struggles and because of what I went through um, growing up, I, I definitely went into a lot of, uh, reading and self-help and pop psychology and things that spoke to me and, and, and helped me um, look at things differently or help me heal. And I, I, I would have never thought <laughs> wildest dreams that that, cause that was definitely a passion. I loved consuming those books and I loved, you know, watching Oprah and I loved, and I, I loved all like that stuff. <laughs> and I had no idea that that was me developing. Like, I don't think if I didn't come from the past that I did, that I would have been on this trajectory or became the coach I am. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, interesting. And again, it's, to me, it's interesting how people, that's one thing I have seen a similarity of through these episodes is that it seems like these struggles and these difficulties that we go through are what lead us to where we're eventually, eventually supposed to get. And again, then some people have said, you know, yeah. that they, they don't think they're ever going to get to a destination because they don't believe there is one. So interesting, different ways of looking at things. So, yeah. Would you say at this point in your life, where you're at right now with your career and everything, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or that you're still on your journey towards it? Well, I, well, 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 <laughs> question. I think because absolutely am I satisfied and I feel very, very, very appreciative of, of the life that I've designed so far. Um, so, I, but I don't also want to say, yeah, that's it. You know, like not, not from coming from, not coming from a place of never enough. But just 
from a place of growing and, and continuing to evolve. That makes sense. Does no, it does. Sense? It does. It does. And to be honest, that's, I feel like something that's been similar with every person that's answered that question. I like how you thought it was a trick question though, because nobody's <laughs> ever pulled that on me before, but, uh, but most people have said, you know, that they're, they're on this constant journey of growing and learning, but I've also had a couple of people where they said, no, you know, where I'm at right now, if this was it, I'd be more than happy with it. And I feel successful oh, yeah. and fulfilled. If this so, was it, yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that I'm a, I'm a growing human being that evolves. So that I also know that. So. Oh, definitely. Well, again, like I said, it's, it's, it's just interesting for me to see all the different ways that people look at it and to have some people say yes and have some people say no and have some people be sort of in between because, again, it's all dependent on how you define it too. Right. Yeah. Some people define success by the money, the the cars, the house, the this, the that. And some people define success. One of my past guests said to him, it, it, success should be an equation of happiness equals success. Once you've fi- found happiness in your life in all parts of your life, that's success. And mm-hmm. th- I couldn't agree more with him. I mean, that's my experience as well, but not everybody defines it that way. So it's yeah. interesting to see how different people look yeah. at it. So, so now we're going to get it. I would say happiness, but I would say at peace. I feel like I'm at peace with where I'm at. And I wasn't at peace when I was a teacher. Uh, I feel aligned, you know, I feel aligned. And I, that's a beautiful feeling, right? When you feel aligned. So. No, definitely. I could, I, I, last year when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was jumping all over the place and doing all these different things and trying to discover who Brian was. And I definitely wasn't in alignment. And that's why I got to a year later you know, so, you know, a year from, I, so to put it into perspective, in May of 2017, I got let go from my job. And then for the next sort of year of my life after that happened, I just started doing all these things. I started a business, I started speaking, I did all these different things. And, yeah. and then I got a year later, and I was like, I don't really even know what I want still. And I think a lot of it was because I wasn't aligning myself with what my goals were and who I was and what I wanted. I mm-hmm. still had that part of me that was like, you know, I need to find, I need to build a successful business so that I can have money and this and that. And mm-hmm. it was, there's still not that alignment with who I am. And, mm-hmm. and what I believe now is that I'm here to help people. Like that is really where I feel the best is when I can help people, whether it's through having just a conversation with them and what I've, you know, what I share with them about my own story helps them, whether it's this podcast, whether it's an article that I write, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if I can help people, that's what makes me feel good. Because yeah. to me, it's, it, there's no point in, keeping it to yourself and and hiding things because like we said earlier on in this episode people can relate and that's what's going to keep us from feeling alone and i think what's going to drive a lot more of us to move forward in our life but again that's just you know my way of looking at it i agree i agree i think that um even going back to what brene brown says that's it's the connection right when you are vulnerable when you have the courage to be vulnerable and that's where we can connect right? oh so. definitely i've seen that happen myself for sure so yeah. alluding to what you, uh, what you said a couple of minutes ago, I am at the sort of the last couple of questions of the episode. Yeah, no, I know it's, it, and it's yeah. totally fine. And so the, the, one of the last questions, as you mentioned, is, uh, I, I do want to give people three key takeaways at the end of each episode, because if you were to listen back to the episode and take notes, I know there's way more than three. Um, you know, but what I want every person to walk away from is three things that they could use like tomorrow that they could start to use and implement in their life or thoughts, ideas, whatever it might be to start moving them forward towards finding their own uh, journey or be on their own journey towards success and fulfillment. So if you can give us three key takeaways, that'd be awesome. Well, I was thinking it more through the lens of what I experienced uh, during high school, not Mm -hmm. so much teacher transition to coach experience. Um, So with that, I, I, you know, 
said to be open to opportunity and to help, right? Because that, you know, even though I didn't see it as an opportunity, right? At, at first I was like, well, why are you asking me to go to this program? <laughs> I didn't see it as an opportunity, but um, it was, it was, you know, the school reaching out, it was a, an opportunity um, and it was help, right? And so what, what I think is that a lot of people fall into the self-sufficiency idea that, you know, oh, I, I have to do it on my own to be successful or that self-made person. And I really think it's a huge myth. I mean, the most successful people in the world actually had mentor, coaches, community, good friends, you know, and great network, supportive network. So uh, yeah, if you want to look and unpack people's, I mean, a great example of this is uh, if you've read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, Outliers. I have it on my bookshelf. I haven't read it yet, but. Oh my God, so good. And, <laughs> <laughs> but essentially he's saying the same thing is like, well, it's not just, you think people are made in the vacuum and they're not, you know, this whole myth of, and I know because we live in a very individualistic society that we want to like, oh, that, oh, they just came from, yeah. Probably, and they probably were resilient, and, and but they held help along the way. Even like listen to my story, the program, my teacher, Mr. Moda, and my good friend Tanya, right? So yeah. there, that changed my trajectory. So oh, so do you want the second? And so I, I, I say the second piece again, thinking about what I experienced during high school is uh, find what heals you and develop that. So find what really resonates with you and develop that because going back to those books, right? That really helped me as well, right? To find something I'm like, oh, that spoke to my circumstance or spoke to where I wanted to go or more, who I wanted to be. Um, that really helped me. And, and for me, it was reading. For some you know, people, it's different. You know, There's different modalities, different ways of, of but I would say find that and stick with it um, to overcome any of struggles or, or different vulnerabilities you, you feel you're experiencing. And the last one I would say is, and this is something I said on another interview one time, long time ago, a couple of years ago, is that to keep moving. And so go back to your question about, well, are you just good? Right? I'm like, oh, well, just keep moving and not from a, an escape place, not because, you know, or an insatiable, like it's never enough place but from a place of, you know, not being stagnant, just keep growing. We're, I think that's, that's the whole journey, right? We're going to age. That's, that's a change and that's involvement. <laughs> We're going, so there are things that are going to happen. So I'd say just keep moving and, and, and don't get, you know, stuck. No, that, continue, you, continue to grow, continue to heal, continue to do all those things. Yeah. Key points. And again, the whole point is, like you said, is to make it something that people can sort of apply to their life easily or, or right now, tomorrow, next week, whenever. And those are three things that I think everybody should be thinking about because uh, I think, of, uh, especially the last one, I think a lot of us get into what some people, you know, put as, and I've done it myself, put as the comfort zone. And they get into that place where they're comfortable and getting anywhere outside of that is scary and they don't want to do it. And so they say stagnant. And I think that's one of the worst places you can be in life, in my opinion, again, at least because you don't have any growth there and you don't get to discover things and, and live a life that I think is as full as what you would if you were to, to, to move or keep moving, yeah. as you said. So absolutely. So, Just to that point, there's like, there is no growth in your comfort zone. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so to finish off the episode, it's not so much a question, but I like to give everybody an opportunity to sort of promote themselves, talk about what they've got going on, what they're doing, 
upcoming programs, events, whatever it might be there, you know, for you coaching programs, um, yeah. and just sort of put it out there, you know, even social media, what, uh, where the best place to get mm-hmm. in touch with you is so that if our guests want to, they can. So the floor is yours. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Brian. So yeah, I wouldn't say this is so much of a promotion because I do have, uh, things that I'm developing, speaking of growing, evolving <laughs> things are, so I wouldn't say this is more of a promotion than more of an invitation. If you, you know, could relate or my story resonates with you and you feel that um, you're getting a sense that I could help in some way, then I invite you to uh, have a half an hour complimentary get acquainted call with me and and to see if uh, we're compatible and to see if I can help, right? So both things. So I would say more invitation. Uh, It's a half an hour complimentary call and uh, we can go from there. And uh, yeah, in terms of following me or anything like that, I know that's something that you mentioned uh, with your structure, uh, I would say that I, yeah, the three platforms that I'm currently using are um, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and it's under my full name. So. Is, is that, would that be the best order too, would you say? Like, is Facebook the one that you're more predominant on? Or? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Instagram are, yeah. They're I there, but. Second, I think close yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd say Facebook, which is so funny because I was a late adopter of Facebook. I was like, kind of like resisting it. I was part yeah. of the resistance for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way with Instagram and really? Facebook. I even got rid of my account for a while and then I yeah. came back a bit. So yeah. I, I totally understand. And yeah, so, for that, yeah. the 30 minute consultation that you talked about or, or acquaintance call, yeah. where's the best place to get people to book that? Is it your website or somewhere yeah. else or yeah, so your you website? Can, yeah, you can contact me through my website or email me at info at goretreese.com. Again, under my full name, if you don't know how to spell it, just I'm sure you're going to have my name. Yeah, it'll be there anyways, too. Okay. And, I'll, and I'll link your website in the show notes, but I right. just wanted to make sure that people know where to go so yeah. you don't have like a thousand people messaging on Facebook saying, can I book my call? <laughs> well, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, definitely it, you can just email at info at goretreese.com or just go through my website. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you opening up and sharing some of those stories and, and just sort of giving us a look at, at your life and your journey so far. And I, even I learned stuff. I, like I said, I've known you for a couple of years now. I knew a little bit about your story, but learning a little bit more today just gives me you know, a new appreciation for what you've been through and, and how you've gotten to where you are. And again, sort of what you alluded to on your first point there is that you know, there's no such thing as self-made and that we all have our journeys and there's people that are going to be there to help us through them. And you've, like I said at the beginning, helped me with mine. And so again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to speak with me and to share your story. Thank you for having me again. And for this opportunity, I think speaking of vulnerability, one connection I did want to quickly make, unless you love the camera and unless you are just a natural, <laughs> right? I think it takes vulnerability to do this, to, to be on video, to, to speak, you know, so no, hundred percent. I couldn't, I, I, I know when I reach out to people and that everybody's been so eager and, and I can understand that, but I think that it's a start for some people. And, and you, when you start doing things like this, like we said earlier on in the episode, when you start putting yourself out there, you'll realize you're not alone. There's other people that can relate and, and you're going to either make new friends, build a new community, whatever way you want to look at it. So again, thanks a lot and uh, have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. 
You can also follow me on Instagram at the B E Almeida. That's the B E A L M E I D A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.